Look, how many places have you been kicked out of? Oh, several. I guess the best one was <laughs> Disney Wide World of Sports. Like, come on now. Like, God, Jesus. <laughs> Before they get in your business, be in charge of your business. Own it because it's your business. Your business, business. people welcome into montgomery and company so listen boy do we have some discussions today so normally in sports we're talking about the best player or maybe we're talking about how many adjustments the coach made today though on moco we're going to discuss the referees and their role in sports we're also going to talk about a fortune magazine article that talked about the great disengagement what is that? We'll discuss all of that. You guys know that there's things going on with workers. And then last, but of course not least, we're going to give a little teaser to our interview with Master P. Make him say, ah. Yes, we got him on the show this week. The full interview drops on Friday. But right now, we got some discussions to talk about. Let's go. Normally, I come in here, I'm yelling, I'm screaming, and it's just, I have to just start out by saying, rest in peace to Tyree Nichols. I didn't watch the video. I can't watch certain videos like that, but I can't believe that we continually talk about another tragedy without talking about how can we change the legislation or how can we change things to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Everyone should understand that this isn't necessarily a race problem because we know the officers were black and some of them were white as well. But we know that the five that we have seen targeted and talked about the most is black officers. So we know that it's not just a race problem. It's a problem with the system. So if there's a problem with the system that we can clearly tell, then we need to change the system to fix the problem. This is a civil rights problem. And it makes me think about what Reverend Al Sharpton said, where we don't need sympathy, we need legislation. And so that's the whole thought process moving forward. I was even sad to find out that one of the officers went to, we talk about HBCUs a lot, and my home HBCU is West Virginia State University. And one of the officers attended that university played on a sports team there. It's just like, where did we go wrong? Where did he go wrong? Humanity. So I just have to start out by saying that because I don't know how many videos we're going to see. I don't know how many hashtags are going to be. I don't know any of that, but I do know that we just have to do better. And a way to do better is take it out of the human hands and the human error part. Obviously, policing does involve that, but we need some type of reform. We need some type of new legislation. We need something different to fix a real civil rights problem of not valuing lives, Black lives at that matter. And that was talking about America. Now, as we transition into sports, our USA basketball team, which is America's team, they announced who will be attending the training camp. And I'm going to just read it from here to make sure I don't miss anyone. But there will be 15 athletes, including 11 who have claimed a combined 26 Olympic and Women's Cup gold medals. That squad will be Ariel Atkins, Nafisha Collier, Kalia Copper, Elena Deladon, Alicia Gray. Let's go. You already know that's the dream player. If you haven't heard, listen to our last episode where we talked to her. Benajah Laney, Sabrina Inescu, Angel McCautry. Let's go. Kelsey Plum, Diana Taurasi, the GOAT, is pulling up, and Jackie Young. And now also expected to attend USA or, or USA basketball alumni Natasha Howard, Marina Mabry, Arike Agumbawale, and Brianna Turner. So listen, it's going to be 
USA basketball has a, a standard of excellence only. Gold medals is typically the only medal that happens. It's called Operation Gold for a reason. So shouts to everyone that's going to be attending the USA basketball women's national team training camp. Let's go. Lakers versus Boston game where LeBron didn't get a call at the end and then there was the AFC championship game where the Bengals fans felt like they got cheated. The topic of discussion is referees and do they hold too much power to control a game? The NBA official Twitter account the night after LeBron didn't get his call they released a statement and that statement put people in a frenzy because they said and quote Like everyone else, referees make mistakes. We made one at the end of last night's game, and that is gut-wrenching to us. This game will weigh heavily and cause sleepless nights as we strive to be the best referees we can be, end quote. So that brings me to the discussion of referees and human error. What do we feel about that? Because their statement is true. They are human and they make mistakes. But if you're a team trying to make a playoff push or if you're a team that just lost and now we just got an L and y'all told us you made a mistake, like what are we supposed to do with that? We accept the apology, but you got to do better. <laughs> you really got to do better because it. I mean, it's it's heart wrenching, really. It is. Yeah, uh, Renee's been in games where where they made a mistake, and it really, really was devastating, devastating. And she, she's putting it mildly because uh, you guys haven't seen Snook at a game. She yes. like <laughs> Snook. How many places have you been kicked out of? Oh, several. I guess the best one was <laughs> Disney Wide World of Sports. Like, come on now. Like, Lord, that's a wild Jesus. question. <laughs> How many? Games? <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'm gonna tell you that whole situation with the football. My house was an uproar. They end up turning the game off like several times because Shannon felt somebody had thrown the game. There was too many <laughs> bad calls for it to be mistakes. It's like you make one mistake, uh, you make two. But they was like four quarters of bad calls. It's just somebody was getting paid, and that's how he felt about it. So he said, "Well, if they're gonna take the game from them, there's no sense in even watching it." But I do believe. The problem with the referee system now, it's harder for referees because these teams are so equally matched that it does come down to one or two bad calls that could change it. Okay, so you're coming to the referee defense. I like this. Let's hear it. You better not be defending them. (laughs) I'm not defending them per se, but I remember back in the day, dad used to tell us you take the game out the referee's hands. Yep. Which means if you clearly beat the team, they can't cheat enough for you to lose. But now... (laughs) Listen to this, though. Wait a minute. Who's that, man? This is Nicole's opinion. (laughs) Right, because the fact that you have to say we used to do this though this is real talk like we have to be like you got to get up so much that in case the referees have a series of bad calls or a series of bad plays that's the point that everybody's trying to make at what point is it not okay that we understand that there's going to be a little bit too much human error juju what you got to think about this this is this the point right now (laughs) it's not okay especially let alone for the people around the world who enjoy the company we work for draftkings.com salute to y'all guys what if we had to spread in a certain way and LeBron was about to win the game and now $500 turns into kaputs? Yeah. You feel me? I was All because to say. Yeah. the referee kept his foot, 
the Lord's still working on me. I can't say certain things, but the referee <laughs> messed up in a way. <laughs> Let alone in the West over there, the games separate in like 10th place yeah. and like 4th place. It's like one or two games, it's a game a and a game half. Game. Yeah, it's crazy. So imagine when you get to the playoff time and we got to see who's going to get the play-ins, uh, who's going to get seed. Now we got to attest this. This is a this is a big yes. mistake. Not you feel a test. Me? I think they should have told them folks, look, we messed up, right? So we're gonna put that time on the clock. Everybody can come in, come watch the game if y'all want to. We're gonna put a second back on the clock, let LeBron shoot two free throws. Juju, I gonna, know that's you lying. Wait a that's minute. The only way. <laughs> but the game that's was the already way. over by the time the referees released the statement. So that's why it's like once you already have been handed your L, here come the pool report. Here come the other conversation about like, oh, as the referees, we would like to admit that we did review that call that you guys were so mad about. And side note, Pat Beverly got the best technical known to man on that yes. play. I want you to know mm. that this man took a camera, walked up to the referee, and showed him on the camera that this is a foul. Would you look at this? This is a foul. That resulted in a technical. Okay, let's just right. let's just say this. All this replay, 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 replay action, playing on a jumbotron. Football. I, I know, but why not? In basketball, hmm, why right. not? Okay, VAR. I'm glad you said that, Cole. And also, what good does it do for the refs to come out with a statement after the game is over? <laughs> like, like, there has to be some kind of repercussion or something. Cause I know, like, that can kill somebody's soul. I mean, especially exactly. especially I saw the way LeBron took that. He didn't, he didn't take that very well, you know. Man, that boy broke it down like Martin. <laughs> and my thing too is, uh, I think they want a little bit of the limelight as well because sometimes. The person who calls the foul or the call is not even the closest person. And then that closest person right. mm. doesn't correct Proximity. So Snook is bringing up something. I saw a tweet that said, congratulations to Ron Torbett on becoming the first referee to ever win an AFC championship game MVP. So Snook, to that point, people have even found his name, made him graphics that say congrats to that man, the first referee to win a game. But Cole asked a question about replays. And so I'm glad you did because there was a former NFL referee on the Pat McAfee show today. And he talked about that. He said, it's a 25 to 30% slower game to do replays. And so if the reviews like, and you look at it and it doesn't jump off the screen that it was a bad call, then he basically was like, look, keep it moving. Then like if you, if it don't jump off the screen, it's going to slow down the game. He said, at what point do we move from, quick replays to challenge plays to just changing the challenge format altogether or using some form of AI fluidly. Like, what point do we get to with that? Is that going to make the game We're worse there. or better? We're there. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's y'all fault. When you start making a whole bunch of bad calls, then you've mm -hmm. got to start making well, that. Oh, I'm, I'm seriously. Exactly. Do We've as the Romans do. Y'all the ones who want to do with the replay in the first place. Y'all should have kept it old school. Y'all put this slippery <laughs> right. slope out here and now look at Everybody us. Everybody's sliding. Everybody's sliding. Exactly. Slip records. Slip the daddy. Danny, how are you feeling about this? Well, I mean, I'm a little bit on both sides because, like, as a coach, I've lost games because of a bad call. I've mm -hmm. won games because of a bad call. Yeah. First thing I tell all the kids is it should never be up to the ref for that last call. That's absolutely right. Mm -hmm. So to defend the refs, LeBron James should never have been in that situation where he lost the game because of a bad call. That's one. Aye, aye, and at the end of the day, <laughs> listen, as a coach, that's what you tell your kids, whether in a realistic game because of the talent is neck and neck and this and that, 
That's part of the game. But as a coach, what did the other team got Jason Tatum and Jaden Brown and all them? And you luckily be in this game in the first damn place, <laughs> coach. That's where, that's where that's where I'm getting to the other side. Now, ironically, uh, the sport I coach, the kids and the coaches are also the refs. Hmm. Oh, it's volleyball, right? You coach volleyball. Yes. So in volleyball, in the in the club circuit and the high school circuit, you don't have four, two or three referees like you do in the NBA and the NFL. It's one referee up on the top. Wow. The coach is normally the second referee and the kids are the rest of the referees. So the hmm. ones calling it in and out are the kids. The ones taking the <laughs> score are the kids. What? But this could never be basketball. I'm going to show you right now. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> so a similar call happened to me this Ow. past weekend at a tournament where I made a call and it was the correct call at the moment. Uh-huh. The guy pulled the the iPad recording of it after the game and was like, hey, you made the wrong call. And I said, all right, cool. I admit it was wrong. But he even said, from where you were standing, you would have made the bad call. But Danny, but what, wow. what happened okay. after you made that bad call, mm. though? Who That's won? the thing. Like, I see what happened here. The other team. Oh, But it wasn't game okay. point. So it was oh, just late in so the game. so this is a different situation. Oh. Okay. Now, now, here's the thing. I was the closest one in sight. And there's three other sets of eyes. Mm-hmm. Every other person agreed with me, but I'm the one who made the call. Okay. Mm, okay. So when they pulled out the iPad, they're like, hey, by the way, it touched the net, not the out-of-bounds marker. So I did make a bad call, but that call shouldn't have ended the game, which it didn't. Yeah. But then after, the referee, who's a national referee, came down and said, hey, you made a great call. You've been making great calls all day. Even if you had that call and it was bad. You made eight other calls that were perfect that no one argued. Yeah, I, I mean, so it's about yeah. percentage. It's about. But now, but now, here's where I'm going. He goes, but it's our job as a ref, where if it's a close game like it was, because it was that the team that I made the call on was down by ten, and they caught up, and it was point for point, point for point, and it was late in the game. He goes, it's our job to not put ourselves in that situation. Our job is to let the game play out as it is. And only make the call if it's a hundred percent necessary and definitive of a call. LeBron's was a hundred percent definitive. Danny, Danny, this situation <laughs> does not apply at all. No, but I'm saying that it does because that's where I'm saying that ref shouldn't have made the call because it's at that point it's a tight game. The ref should have let so it it's go. an unnecessary battle almost. Correct. So look, we okay. got you was cheating. Okay, but at the end of the day. <laughs> Like you said earlier, no. LeBron he did travel, but in in that in that same sentiment where he said he mm-hmm. traveled on that play. You Juju, me? I know you lying if you talk about travel in the NBA, like in general. No, but but, but what I'm general. saying. So what I'm saying is he traveled on that same play. You know what I mean? That's and legal. Then he didn't get the cut and di- <laughs> didn't get the call. I so it's like they, no, Juju. No, because the NBA goes all the way around the world and traveling. I mean, <laughs> hang up on me. Wait a second, <laughs> y'all not gonna jump down my throat because I say LeBron travel. I know they don't call it. What they got? Do with me. He because that's a legal play in <laughs> the NBA. You're play. saying LeBron did something a legal. It's not a legal play. And travel is legal. They, they call never it. call it. Why are you but gonna start calling call something it. different oh, at the Renee, end of the game? Renee, okay, Renee saying they don't call it. Oh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Because this is like as a player, <laughs> I would be like, if the ref automatically started calling things that they don't call all the first four quarters yes, of the game, yes, and you bro, call it on the vividly. last play on the. game. 
Have you not he, seen? He clearly okay, was. What we I'm gotta saying is, find one of them highlight clips where it shows how many times NBA players walk and how many steps no, they take. No, I've seen it. I've seen it. The salute to the Devin guy. He be calling out of my online. online. <laughs> I'm not saying this is good. I'm saying to Danny's sentiment, he's saying, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain things that got you to this point, eh, you kind of did this. He walked on the play and didn't get the call, so it kind of even out for real. So you're saying that both of them did something wrong in that same play, and none of them got called out. I'm saying these referees get paid. I'm saying these (laughs) referees get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on the sport, a year to make calls. That's another thing. And 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 okay, okay, I I agree with everything you're saying. I get what you're saying, Jude. You're just saying No, I'm saying I'm agreeing with you. I'm I'm saying, wow, preach. Okay. So my thing is we have two and three and four pairs of eyes in the NFL. I don't even know how many referees they have. We see the main ones, but they got referees all over the place. So Wow. I don't see how let's go back to football real quick. I don't see how that happened. And I don't see how it happens in basketball because the thing is, is that that court, there's three sets. Is somebody caught it? I mean, I'm just saying, yeah. I agree with what Juju said. Juju said, yeah, he walked, so he, he got fouled. It evened out. Okay, you shouldn't have walked it. Okay, I see what you're saying there. But at the, Tip at the end of the day, there were three refs or how many of our refs are sitting there watching uh, people up in the boxes and everything? What's going on? Well, see, what basketball, they can't review. A non-foul call is not reviewable in basketball. But I here's agree. the thing. This is literally what they teach you in basketball. End of the play, they say, drive to the basket hard. Don't settle for a jump shot because the refs ain't going to call a foul there, right? Like, right. And a lot of times they teach you in basketball as well on the other side of the coin because we like to be on the other side. They tell you that. The putback is what wins most most game winners because somebody either misses the first shot or something like that. But my question is to the obvious calls. Like if it's a block charge call, that's called a bang bang. And I'm like, you know what? That happens so fast that it's like you can't see it when it's a blatant like Jason Tatum. He actually like rear back. So it looks like automatically I don't want you to assume it's going to be a foul. But it but already looks SWAT. like it's going to yeah, be a foul. You're right. standing there for a game winner play as a ref right there on the baseline where it happened. I can't understand that type of error. It's like I can understand mm-hmm. the bang bangs, block charge. Oh, that one's hard. Even if it went out of bounds, who did it tap last? I, yes. Look, I'll give it to the refs right. all day on those type of bang bang plays. I think what we're getting to the point is where how are refs missing the obvious calls? That's where it's starting to be where people start to say things on the internet. This is the internet internet saying I'm quoting but like it's rigged the refs are paid what's going on this ref was an MVP that's when those conversations start to happen not for the bang bang Danny plays where you really thought you saw something and it's like oh that was tough we all thought we saw it I get that if somebody goes like this on the last play game winner play of the game I just feel like you've elevated to the NBA status to be able to make that call correctly. That's where I think the conversation is. Well, what gets me too is when, you know, they make a call and then, okay, then they run together and they get that little huddle and then they come out (laughs) and and then they still have that same wrong call. Now you done went and you done talked and you conversed. You come out with the same wrong call. I mean, you know, one of them lets you know that that wasn't right, but then you go over there and you talk and then you come out and you still got that same wrong call. Right. I mean, you know, that just gets no, like a conspiracy. But when that happens, like, and they huddle up, like, they're just confirming or denying the call. So if, like, it's the four of us and Nicole sees something, but Renee, Snook, and I don't see anything, mm-hmm. we still have to trust that you made a call. We can't say, 
no, you messed up. Yeah. 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 Oh, yes, you can. Oh, To put a yeah. bow on what I was saying <laughs> earlier, I was saying that he walked on the play and then he also got fouled on the play. But you know what? Refereeing call got damn one of them. So my thing is, they need to get fined. They need to get suspended <laughs> without pay. They Come need on to now, get reprimanded no, on live television he's right. he's in right. front of that many people. Y'all got yeah, they don't care. They walk out of the They don't care. They absolutely Check don't gone. care. Yeah, yeah, and they admitted to it too. Well, Juju is right that that point where if it is that big of a blunder, they should get a fine and like yes. retraining. On what they need oh, to no, do. Oh no, no! You retrain back to high <laughs> school. Go back to high exactly. school. Exactly, that's how it should be. Sis, that's where so it needs to be. Me and Nicole, look, me and Nicole can run. This yeah. Shit. So should refs be demoted? You know how refs are yes. promoted to the NBA, and here's yes. a wild thing that I think the system is kind of interesting. But WNBA, WNBA refs are promoted to the NBA, and then the new wave of refs come to the WNBA. So I don't know what that says about our refereeing mm, in the that sense right. that. Our great, our best refs get promoted to the NBA. So mm. under that same premise, should refs be demoted? You know, yes. like in soccer yep. leagues, you can be in the first league, but if you're the last place team in the first league, you might drop down to the second league and the and the first place team from the second league come up. So should there be yes. more? Yep. Keep the salary. Keep the salary. But guess what? <laughs> this week right here, you finna go umpire at the little league baseball game, two ball, sir. <laughs> you going, man. You gotta yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. Doc, so make some that was a foul. <laughs> Absolutely, because like we're saying, if you if if three, all four of us get together and huddle up, and we say, "Hey, you made the wrong, you should have made no call, you made the wrong call," and he's like, "No, I saw what I saw." I'm not gonna be exactly. going back yeah. to Bitty Ball because you, all three of us, saw something. And we got stand by you. No, we don't. <laughs> and Snook, you know what the Lord say when call. two or three come together. Yes. You feel me? Yes. Hey. It should yes. be like a majority rule. Yes. Yeah, it should be because yes. oh, they can't say they'd be like no no you made the wrong call hurry up and fix this this is national tv this is going to <laughs> blow us up fix this now you fix now. it i feel bad for them sometimes because i know they got to be the most hated people in america so much hate is i mean rightfully so i mean people are very passionate about about their sports team so i get it well i never say anything derogatory to them or i never curse Wait i just always minute. challenge the calls <laughs> oh, that they no, made no. you know did you see that or that was so and so you missed it that's what I do I really don't uh, get into oh, a lot true. of yeah, she don't talk about the person she yeah, she'll will talk, talk about, about, about she'll call. talk about your reference that call right. and that person making <laughs> the calls I still talk about their shoes I still <laughs> talk about their weak ass slick back hair <laughs> <laughs> Like you just be mad at them for no reason. Well, right. well the other day <laughs> we were at a game, seven year olds now, and they got the oldest uh, referees out there. These referees are octogenarians, really they are. Snook and, now and only so, you can say that because what does that what's even that mean? Word? Now, that they're, old. they're what, eighty ish maybe? Oh, and, so that must be what okay, oh, Snook, because like octo, eight. I see. Yeah, okay. they're very old. You? And and they couldn't even get up and down the court for the little kids you know so I'm just saying you know 
sometimes <laughs> people have jobs and it's just for the paycheck. They don't care about the game or or any of that. It's just, you know, I'm That's just going to go out true. here and like people on their regular jobs and do what I have to do for these four quarters or whatever. All right. But like I said, you really, you know, people who play the game and are serious about the game, whether they have money on it or not, the game is the game and it should be played fairly Listen, and it's like fairly. that graph. I don't matter right. if it's bitty ball or not. You're going to mess around and find, find out. Playing out. around with people. I don't care. Them <laughs> right. bitty ball games be turned up. Them people don't be run, playing. Right. Your car. Them people, when the game buzzer hit and if it was a close game and they and people was hot, <laughs> them referees, they literally like Houdin, they disappear like poof. You don't even know who they are. They put the mm. stuff on real quick, get out the gym before security. the parents get out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's Escort me to my car. And I just thought about something. Can you imagine if basketball was refed like volleyball, like Danny just said, I was oh, gonna say wow. maybe we should start implementing some volleyball. <laughs> Absolutely not. And <laughs> if somebody put it up to me and my teammates to be the third and fourth referee and coaching and all of this and that, I'm telling you right now, <laughs> yeah. it would be a fight. It would be a fight. We can't even get into it because we are ready. But I'm just saying, I just know right now, foul, flagrant. <laughs> right. Right. Talking to me, flagrant, yeah. technical yeah. man. Can you imagine, yeah, flop. Can you imagine Pat Beverly and uh, Russell West. Westbrook. Ooh. <laughs> Can you imagine oh, them two like with 30 <laughs> seconds left in the game? Pat Bell and Russell Westbrook. It's over. That game will calls. never be over. It's, it's right. over. <laughs> 30 hours later. Yeah. Oh, My man. Ball. But listen, the main thing that we are saying, I think we all can agree, is that something has to happen when it comes to referees. The fact that it's such a large topic on every platform and even the referees themselves are saying, listen, y'all, my bad, my bad. We're all humans. We make mistakes. Like something has to be done, period. We're going to talk about the great disengagement. If you haven't heard about it yet, you will. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. So it started with quiet quitting, which turned into the great resignation. Now, welcome to the great disengagement. According to a recent Fortune magazine article, a feeling of disconnectedness from their employer was found to be the top reason why workers wanted to change jobs in 2022. 
while last year, CEOs blamed remote work for young employees' sense of isolation from their company and colleagues. Whatever the reason, the reality is that the employee engagement in the U.S. is at its lowest point in a decade, according to a Gallup report published last Wednesday. Now, employees disengaged from work risk mental health issues, missing out on career developments, a caveat of things. And we have a array of generations, three generations of men and women, which I love this. So I want to ask, like, because I think there's just a whole different feel when it comes to work now. You know, like I would think that and Snook, I'm not going to put words into your mouth, but I felt like back in the day, people just assumed you go to work, you clock in on your nine to five and it is what it is. You're probably not going to work after five. You know, you clock in, clock out type of thing. And then it became to where there's entrepreneurs and there's people building their own businesses. Then there was remote work and every different type of way to where now People don't actually want to work unless they like their job is what basically that new <laughs> is basically what that new survey is saying. So I want to hear from you guys. Does it matter if you have a connection to your employer? Does it not matter? Like, what are y'all's feelings on working? <laughs> you know, Cole's face who is cracking me of this, Who sits and thinks of this stuff? Listen, <laughs> these are actual polls. You remember when we covered quiet quitting and you said the same thing and okay, it was listen, all no, over quiet quitting is different. Quiet quitting is when the employer is pretty much stepping on the necks of everybody under them to get them to do more Elon Musk. or pile on more than what they're actually paid or initially was paid to do. This is just like, oh, well, she doesn't say hi to me every day. So I feel like we're mm. disengaged. In, well, I but understand. think about the younger generation, Cole. They too clingy. If that's the case, you're too clingy. <laughs> go to work and go home. Like, I don't understand. Like, no. I do understand what you're saying. There should be, I do think the job should continue to have career, uh, let's say, training and all those things. I think that they should still provide that because a lot of jobs are at home jobs now, but still, you mm -hmm. still need to have that ability to elevate yourself within your job or within the company. So I do think they still need to have like Those some kind of, of incentives or something. Yes, incentives mm -hmm. or something like that. But for you to quit your job because you feel like people don't care about you, they don't care about you. Mm. They don't. All I, cared I mean, about honestly, was the check. Now they didn't have to care as long as the check cares. That's thing that matters is the check. Does as long care? as your paper is if right, the check cares. Then that's I'm it. Okay. We'll see that. It depends on the job as well, too. I would think because in sports, yeah. you really can't be like that. That I know a lot of people don't see a sports, but sports was my real job for a long time. And when I played with people that didn't care, I oh, was no, no, like, no, 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 that's fine because you're a team. Okay. And the team has to, th that's a different situation. I can guarantee you all these people who are, are talking about this, they in an office somewhere. They're not on a basketball <laughs> team or okay. on a football team. or They're not, it's not. It's I don't like think it's nine a, to a, fivers. Yeah, it's, it's a nine to five. It's every Is there day such thing as nine to five job. anymore though? No, I feel like not, a lot but, of jobs, but a lot of problem. jobs might say it's a nine to five. And uh, Danny, you're shaking your head. I want to hear your thoughts because a lot of people are saying they're working nine to fives, but their they're employer not. got them nine to seven, nine to eight. Yep. You know, like, I mean, that's like right. the sports world yeah. and the entertainment world are very different because you can see Stephen A on his normal first take, but you can also see Stephen A on Sunday calling this game, on Saturday calling this game. And I realized that like, wait a minute, did I see Stephen A on my TV every single day of the week? But that's, yeah. a, that's the entertainment business. It's not a No, that's thing. everybody's business. <laughs> <laughs> that's everybody. That's no, that's corporate America's business because now people are working from home and they're working and they give you what they call these flex hours where you can work this amount of times or you can work on the weekends or you can. So people are working six and seven days a week. And the thing is, is that that's happening 
everywhere. But my point is you can't complain because they're taking too much of your time and then complain because they're not connected to you all at the same time. Like, come on now. You either want to be with them or without them. You can't go both ways. Uh, okay. Any other thoughts? I mean, it is because we removed what business was, which was, you know, a mom and pop shop where they knew everyone in the store. They knew every employee. They knew that their their employees' kids. They know their employees' parents. They knew everybody. Now it's, you know, I'm working from home. I'm a number. I clock in, I clock out. And it's not even clocking in and clocking out anymore. It's, hey, you've got a pile of work. It doesn't matter how long it takes to get your work done. So that's why there's a lot of disengagements because it's become very mm, systematic, yep. not personal. So when people complain about, oh, it's not personal. I mean, yeah, that's why you guys made it that way. Not everyone gets to enjoy their career. Like before right. I was working like this, I was a high school teacher and my job didn't end at three o'clock. My job kept going because we had to grade, we had to input grades, but it didn't end when school ended. So, you know, that's just as part of the system that everyone created. You can't have both worlds. You have to pick one or the other. Right. And you said something interesting. You said that not everybody likes the job that they're in. I think that that is something, I guess, more new age. Like I kind of grew up, you know, in that mentality of like, yeah, you got to love your work or else it's not going to feel, you know, it's not going to feel like work. You know, that old saying of if you work a job that you like, you're not going to feel like it's work or whatever, you know? So I try to like everything that I do. I'm not, I am a little bit more of on the, uh, you know, like you have to have kind of like a, a bigger goal or purpose type of thing. Like I have to be, I am goal oriented. So I have to have like a common goal or something that I'm working towards. I mean, also like I, I read the, the article and it said that people don't feel connected to their employer. So it's not even that they don't like them. It's just that they don't feel a connection. So I think oh, that that's, that's part of going, <laughs> you know, that is a little bit more of the new generation too, which I kind of agree with that. If, you know, like if you don't feel like that's your place, if you don't feel like a, a connection with towards whatever your life purpose is, then change jobs. You know, like and I don't know if it was right after right before Break My Soul came out when, you know, release the job, all that stuff. But we were at a thing. And I think I mentioned this on here before. Well, where this woman asked Renee that she, oh, she told Renee that she was really it was like a Q&A. And she said that she's really unhappy in her at her job. Oh, yeah. And so uh, she was she kind of was looking for advice. And then basically like the advice that Renee told her was that you need to leave that job because if you don't like that job, it's always going to feel like you is like it's a hamster wheel. So you yeah. got to even like I, I liked everything. I, I will say I tried to at least make everything likable. Like even when I worked at Delta, I liked talking to people. So I enjoyed my job or if not, I will make myself enjoy my job because I do have to enjoy. But that's know, the what deal. You, you made yourself enjoy your job. These people aren't doing that. They're just complaining and then they're quitting. But, but I had a connection, though. I had a connection because, like, like you, I believed. But you made a I, I be, no, but not only that, I believed in the Delta, I guess, um, ethos is that happy employees better work. So they really, like, I was working with them when they changed their uniforms because they wanted the employees to feel, like, seen and, and I guess, attractive and, and just, just more important. And so I really believed in that mission that I was, like, and that was part of that, that team that kind of made that happen. So we did have, like, a common goal. So that made me like it. But that's again, I felt connected to that employer. I don't, I don't understand. Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> if I come to a job and I have looked at all the job requirements and they're going to pay me what I want to be paid, whether I have a connection or not, what if I like not, doing the task. Though? What are you talking about? <laughs> 
What do you mean what if they're not paying, not paying you what you but wanted to be paid? No, but you, you, agree, to, you yeah, agreed to the job. Thing. You agreed to it. You didn't walk in and they say we're not going to give you. That's why I said the progression, though, of quiet quitting to that, because you might have agreed to a job that was worth that salary. And then all of a sudden, as you get at the job, they add on a little bit more. A but little that's bit not more. connection then. That's not has nothing to do with connection, though. But it would have been okay had you had, like, see, I think there's, like, that fine line. I think, Juju, you did this. Do you have something to say, Juju? But I think there is a fine line of, like, (sighs) needing all of that to align. Juju, what were you going to say? I was going to bring up, because I feel a little different. Um, You know, know, the Lord say he never give you more than you can bear. (laughs) And I think that (laughs) some of us can bear more than the rest of us can. Some of us are bipolar. Some of us struggle with insecurities. Some of us struggle with depression. And so them entering those job spaces is an entirely different experience for them. They actually need this to want to live. They need this to want to survive and and keep going. And so they probably come from environments where high school, they were coddled, they were spoiled or Maybe maybe you were the man in high school or you was good at basketball or you was had a center of attention and now I'm being real world and nobody don't give a damn about you at your job. Mm-hmm. And that can be a lot for someone who isn't as sturdy minded yeah. as you, Nicole. Yeah. You feel yeah. me? It, it could be that tough for true. them just because they crave that uh, feeling or that connection or they have lacked that connection up to this point in life and now they start realizing the midlife crisis for a guy oh no how do I you know what I mean like it's a lot of different mind games that go into making your job being your universe like my job is my entire universe and at times whenever I don't communicate with Cause we have like at least seventeen different podcasts. Literally. That's crazy, yeah. But we'll we'll take on a certain podcasts, and I haven't spoke to the host at all. I don't haven't introduced or we haven't been cool or anything. But now my workload is to basically facilitate their dream, mm-hmm. and so I would appreciate it if me and that host could talk, yeah, but, or but me that and that y'all host should. could, could be mm-hmm. a, a team. Poor. No, no, no. I get but, that. But That's what a I'm team. saying, but some of it is like emails and like, oh, we don't have to talk. I'm just going to like, I still haven't talked to certain people. And some of it is that cold. And just because I don't like it, then like you said, I, I'm not quitting my job mm-hmm. over it. But I do wish that it was uh, easier communications or more communication going on so that me being the social media guy, because it's always social media people coming on there saying that they hate Dan, they hate uh, Democrat, Republican, all that shit. I've been plugged into that poison all day. You feel me? Yeah. Every day for you the past since, since we started the company. Mm-hmm. You feel yeah. me? And so sometimes whenever I had the interactions with the people, I kind of needed to go cool because I snapped. It's, it's it's two sides. I feel your side, but I feel like on this side too, it's more of the the people who aren't as strong. I right. And then you have people too who, who might have uh, traveled to another place to work after they left college or left home. They don't know anyone in the lo- location they're at. And so when they get this job and they go to this company, they're looking to find some kind of interaction or build some kind of camaraderie with these people because they don't have, you know, there's no one else there because this is a new location for them. So sometimes people look for more uh, from the workplace than just the way of making a living. They're looking for making some uh, networking uh, possibilities and some camaraderie as well. 
Yeah. And Juju brought up a good point too. Like mental health is something that was almost like taboo before. It was like, it, it couldn't possibly be that somebody who is not clinically depressed could have anything to do with, you know, taking care of your mental health because everybody is strong. Everybody got problems. Everybody got things. But I think that COVID definitely like changed the mental health discussion a little bit too. And it, and it kind of like trickled over into the workforce also because a lot of people are are starting to work for themselves now because they're like, look, I got to take care of my mentals, of my body, my health, because, you know, your mind affects everything. Stress can literally kill you. So people are adopting more, you know, like less stressful lives, lifestyles because of things like taking care of their mental health. No, I love that. I love being able to hear all sides of the, the coin because there's always like different views from different people. Like I said, we've discussed quiet quitting. We've discussed the great resignation. And now we're just discussing the great disengagement because as the world shifts, so do humans, like humans change. I mean, I think this next generation, their social skills are going to be very different than ours because our social skills was you walk up to somebody at the park and you say, what's up? Or you playing outside and somebody comes and plays like, can I play with y'all? Yeah. Now, you know, a lot of things are done digitally, like even like how you find a date, how you talk to people, everything is done digitally. So we'll probably be talking about something else next year that's happened because we're all so used to something different. But that's why we have these discussions because everybody, we all going through it together. Next, we are going to talk to the mogul, the hip-hop legend, the entrepreneur, all of that, Master P. So your family is full of entertainers, but also athletes. Lil Romeo played football and basketball, and your sons played basketball in college now. Is it true that at one point your sons had the biggest NIL deals in sports? Yeah. So Percy, he's now with University of Louisville. So he's doing this thing. And then my youngest son is in high school at uh, Notre Dame High. He's one of the top players in the country. And uh, Mercy. So they're doing their thing. And they're they hard workers. I think that's what life is about, being hard workers. And they're making a name for themselves. So that's what I love about this. Definitely. I've heard about them on the circuit. And since you're big into sports and it's a big part of your family, you play in the NBA. Have you ever been interested in getting into sports ownership? You know, like particularly the NBA, WNBA? Like, has that ever crossed your mind, seeing how many people are getting into it now? Yeah. You know what? You just have to be able to know that business from the other side. So I've been looking at things and educating myself because it's all about educating yourself when it comes down to business. It don't happen overnight. So you got to know what you're getting into. So in the near future, I'm definitely looking at some things. Let's go. Okay. So, you know, I'm the co-owner of a WNBA team, the Atlanta Dream. And I saw you speaking one time and you was like, look, I've always been the marketing guy. And so I'm curious, we see the WNBA all the time fighting for more marketing shares. From your marketing brain, how would you market the Atlanta Dream WNBA team? Well, I would use the players to go out into the marketplace because everybody forget about the grassroots. And uh, I started my business, grassroots, making show. I just feel like it's not enough visibility in Atlanta. I would have T-shirts everywhere. I mean, if you guys want to go to lunchcart.com and create a T-shirt brand, I'm the chairman of that company. And so it's all about T-shirts on demand. I started out 
putting my T-shirts on people in the community, even putting them on homeless people, doing bus benches, doing stuff like that. I feel like you guys need more of that, the visibility, because you see a lot with the Atlanta Hawks, but you don't see, you know, with the dream, you don't you don't actually see it out in their face. And I think that's the thing that should happen. Listen, I love hearing that because here on MoCo, we, we're big on generational everything. You built generational wealth. You're building your legacy. Everything that you've done is passed along on that. People say generational wealth building is a full-on family thing. Can you talk about that? Has that been your plan from jump with starting with no limit? Yeah, so it's all about educating the family and growing because everybody thinks it's about money. You have to have a passion and a purpose. Like everything I do, you see Snoop cereal, right? I remember you guys know that we feel first. We had Snoop Loops and we we had to grow and change and get to Snoop cereal. And I mean, we constantly been growing and growing. Look at that. Come on with it. I'm just telling y'all, like we constantly been growing. So, you know, we have all different type of brands and products. We even went into the, the kids' books, got ABC books. We have toys. They don't expect us to think like that, think outside the box. So, and that's what I'm saying. It started from music. And then I realized that same like playing sports, we can't play basketball forever. We can't do music forever, but this product could be passed down from generation to generation. We have to educate our culture, our family, our people, but it have to be something you love. So when you look at the cereal, right? I grew up on Wick. My grandmother used to take me down to the Wick store and that's how we got our cereal. And so now me and Snoop went from being on Wick to owning our own cereal company, Grow This Food, Snoop cereal. And that's what I mean. But it all come with education. It all come with feeling first. So we feel in a couple places. Kellogg's wanted to take us off the shelf. We started at Snoop Loop. We changed it up. We figured it out. Once we got the trademarks for Snoop cereal, then we was off and running. And, and now June, we'll have cereal everywhere. Every store, whether it's Walmart, Target, Elberson, Kroger's, Sam's Clubs. I mean, we're going to be everywhere now. And thanks to Post. Right believing in diversity. And so we have a black owned company, but we sell to the world. And we sell to Asians, white, Latinos, African-Americans. It don't matter. It's all about building big brands. And now we have an opportunity to build one of the biggest brands in the world. I love that. And brought us foods as well as No Limit. A lot of your endeavors are family owned. And we've seen hit shows like Succession highlight the ups and downs of working with family. So can you talk about like navigating money, business, family? Because that's something that a lot of us are dealing with. Yeah. Well, you know, when it comes down to business, you know, you think that you could work with all your family members, but it is not. You have to know where people are mentally and what they want out of something, because some family members just want the money. For me, I don't get up in the morning. I don't do nothing for money. And sometimes you have to cut family members off because it's not for everybody to go. But the love for your family is always going to be there. But, you know, sometimes it takes you know, family members going through things, uh, seeing stuff. But our hard work is like, we can't stop. We won't quit no matter what. And I feel like when you do the right thing, God is going to keep blessing. You're going to keep blessing your family. But you have to be able to communicate and know the ones that want to be down, the ones that want to work. Because some, some family members just want to be pampered. They just, they, they want to live off the fruits of your labor. So at the same time, you just got to be able to know who those family members are and the ones that want to work hard, then y'all stick together 
and create those family business. But family business is not for everybody. Being a boss is not for everybody because everybody say they're a boss. But when it comes down, you got to make sacrifices. And what I mean by you got to know the business because some business, like even with me and Snoop in this business, in a serial business, you only get paid twice a year. Hmm. So how many family members could go with getting a check just twice a year? And also it's marketing. It's getting product on these trucks. It's getting products in these stores, making sure it sell out of these stores, knowing that it's going to be returns. So it's not just, oh, I got a cereal box and we're going to make so much money. No, that's just the beginning of it. Being able to work with distribution companies, being able to communicate all these different things, uh, being able to take care of your salespeople. So it's a lot. And a lot of people are not willing to take that journey with you. People are just on it for the ride for success. But like I told you, with success come failures. I always, you know, by me playing sports, you don't learn from winning. You learn from losing. And I feel like every loss is a lesson. And so we don't treat it as a loss, but we learn from all our losses. And so I think that's the way I get up in the morning. I think I get up early in the morning. Who want to get up at five o'clock in the morning with you? Who want to wait? You getting up at five o'clock in the morning? You know what? By being in the NBA, like I was just programmed to do that. And after that, it just kept going. It just kept going. And I use the same tactics that I use playing sports. I use it in my business. And so get up, work out. Get ready to start your day off, make all my calls to the East Coast and all this stuff, making sure the marketing, the sales team, everybody's on the same page because everybody in different places. So I might have to get up and do all my online stuff early in the morning. And so that's how I start my day off and then start it out because health is well, too. I got to start it off with making sure I actually put some work in about my health. And so whether it's walking, jogging, running. You know, getting in the gym with my kids. So I'm pushing them. We all pushing each other. My sons asked me the other day to say they want to go to the NBA. I say, well, you know, it's going to take a lot of work. And then knowing that you kin to me is really going to take even more work because when people think that you hand this stuff, no, you got to go make a name for yourself. You got to love this. Be passionate. This should be your purpose. You won't have to make sacrifices. And when, when they told me that's what I wanted to do. I say, now I got to get up even more early because I got to push them because we getting up like 2,000 to 2,500 shots every morning. So we like, we got to make it happen. What? Yeah, that's what we're doing every morning. If you want to get to the league, you got to be a sharpshooter because the NBA, they want shooters. And so we putting up 2,000 to 2,500 shots. That's what my kids doing. You know, when we get up in the morning, that's the only way you're going to get better. Man, that's lit. And see, a lot of people get stuck when they're trying to find their purpose or, and you're a multi-talented, I'm going to call you a mogul because that's all you are at this point. So how did you go about finding your passion like after music? Well, you know how I found it? I had to do something that I love and, and getting into these products. So when you look at Aunt your Mom and Uncle Ben, those were straight mockeries of us. My grandparents used to make me go buy that product. Now I got my own. I got my own rice. So when you look at it, LA great rice, you know, so we, we, we constantly building our own brands and our own products. I used to eat a lot of noodles. I created my own, the wrap snack icon noodles and then cereal, cereal. I ate so much cereal. I'm like, you know what? Let me create my own cereal. So those type of things that I'm passionate about that it just go with my everyday because I grew up as a kid eating all these different kinds of cereals. And I say, you know what? As an adult, let me make my own cereal. Let me feed my people. And the more I make, the more I give. So I'm able to give back. And so every time you buy one of these cereals, 
you're able to not only have a great tasting product. So that's what I love because like in sports, we want to be the best on the court. Now, for me, in the product game, I want to have the best tasting product. I feel like we got flavor. We got some of the best flavor in the world. So when people taste my product, they're going to be like, I love this. This could be in a brown paper bag. I got to have another one. So <laughs> when people come to Walmart, they're going to be like, oh, I got to go back and get the Snoop cereal because it tastes so good. Man, that's crazy. You got the Snoop cereal. Now, Rap Snacks has taken off. Like, I see Rap Snacks. It's not even just at the corner store. It's at every store. It's, so it's, the branding is there. Talk about Rap Snacks because, I mean, that, you said flavor? Look, look, you talking about some flavor? We got flavor. That's the Snoop. <laughs> That's the Master P barbecue. That's the Nicki Minaj. So, (laughs) you know, we got flavor. That's what it's about. Having the best flavor. Facts. All right. Well, listen, I just, first of all, I appreciate you for stopping by and coming on Montgomery & Co. Because the same way you talk about building brands, we're a podcast that is hard to get guests. You know, it's hard with so many different media things. So to get a a caliber of guests like you, a mogul like you, I thank you for that. And Snoop Cereal, when is it going to be out now? Like, where can, like... Tell us everything you need to tell us. Everywhere. June. Snoop Cereal. Go to SnoopCereal.com or go to BrodusFood.com and get the hookup. But June, wherever you go, Walmart, Target, 7-Eleven, Kroger's, Elberson, wherever you go buy your cereal or buy your food, you'll be able to get Snoop Cereal. Man, I thank you for joining us here on MoCo, where it's a generational thing. And also shouts to Post Cereal because it takes that allyship, that collaboration like you talked about to make things pop. So I thank you for joining us. And man, I'm going to be following you. I might see you in May. And also, when you in the A, you need to come through to a game, an Atlanta Dream game. I'm coming to check y'all out. Come on with it. Thank you, Master P. All right. All right, so listen, thank y'all for listening. There's one last thing I wanted to say. First of all, Jason Whitlock, do better. And also, for the first time ever, there will be two black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl right in time for Black History Month. Oh, listen, also, tap in Friday for the full interview with Master P. Make him say, uh, we discuss how he learned the music business so well that he started making more money than the record label he was signed to. We also talk about how he was the first person to get 50 cent money to go on tour, and he responds to the sentiments that he had ulterior motives. Master P also discusses what he plans to do in the TV space and possibly, just possibly, his new acting role in the future, Montgomery and Co., where it's a generational thing. So while we're at it, again, let's break those generational curses and build generational wealth. It's called humanity. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.